PJ, uh, I've got a question for you. Um, I'm working on a project and uh, as we do in all buddy talks, we brainstorm around <laughs> certain topics which are interesting around change management, about organizations, about things we, we identify uh, both as change management, but actually anyone within the organization. So one of the topics I wanted to talk to you about uh, and a bit of a brainstorm is roles and responsibilities, hiring the right people and how that fits within organizations. And I think this is a good topic for us to have a brainstorm on because it's it's so incredibly difficult to get it right. Um, a lot of companies where I come in, they, they tell me, look, we need to do X, Y, Z. And the first thing they say, but you have zero resources. Yeah. So we're pulling resources from different roles, different departments, jumping in specialists. And at the end of the day, there are one of two people who are owning everything and nothing at the same time. Because when you own everything, you deliver nothing at the end. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true, right? So true. So I thought it would be a good topic for Buddy Talks <laughs> this week to touch on the on, on the yeah. perspective of roles and responsibilities. Uh, how do you uh, restructure your team so you can, at, at the end of the day, uh, achieve a thriving team who's able to deliver all the, of their, their, their uh, deliverables, but with fun and joy and not feeling overwhelmed, continuously overwhelmed yeah. by the fact that the priorities keep changing, the vision keeps changing, the work keeps changing, clients are putting us under pressure. The pressure is all over the place, but we are actually not getting anywhere. Yeah. I thought it would be a great opportunity to have a chat with you about that. So that, it's, it's funny you used to say that because I've just finished a little piece of work with a client at the moment, and it's a client that, you know, I, I, I want to say I care about. I mean, I've really enjoyed doing some stuff. And we've actually just finished, and they said, right, we, we have no budget. We have no time and no resources. You know, we have no skills to do it. So, you, so, so, so you want to lead this change program knowing you can't do it? She went, yeah, what, what can I do? You know, I can, like you just said, I can try and pull in a few hours and I can try. So, but you know it won't work. And on the grounds that some 80% of change programs fail anyway, whatever metric, you know, whatever number you want to use. Mm -hmm. How on earth do you think you can be successful and she says, but I haven't got any choice. I have no resources. <clears throat> and when you start with that point, so I just, and I'm almost hanging my head with the, with the pain or the weight of why are you even starting? Because you, you, know, you just said, you, you know, you can't, she will end up owning so many projects, they won't get mm -hmm. delivered. But, you know, they just don't, they can't apply themselves to, they can't focus enough on something to get it over the finish line. You know, that time to value. So they may get there. They, they probably won't. They may do. But the time to value is going to be huge. It's going to be so long that it may not even exactly. be what you want it when you get there. So big topic. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive topic. And uh, again, look, I understand from, from an organization perspective, uh, we're talking about we have a commercial uh, target. We need to get something over the fence. Uh, we hear promises or we hear that some things needed to be done, but they were forgotten along the line. So we had to change priorities. Then there's a management priority, yeah. uh, maybe an internal management priority. Maybe there's a KPI or something happening that they need to commit to uh, and get, get the stuff running. And at the same time, you have managers, you have the people within there who are struggling uh, and, 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 and as a result, often you get a disbelief in any initiative they're taking. We tried that. This is a problem for the past 10 years. 
every year we get to, we something changes and we have to do it all over again. We keep telling people, but no one is listening. And when you get to that phase, it's going to be quite difficult to to, to move forward. Yeah? Um, what I like to do generally is, is is gain a real understanding of what is really happening, because I understand you. Yeah. If you start a change, you need to be sure that you can resource it accordingly. And generally, for me, a change should not be pulling up 20 external people <laughs> who are coming there with their models and pushing them in. And then when they leave, you're literally uh, F-U-C-K-E-D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just do beep, I put a peep around yeah. it. But effectively, that's, that's what's happening. Yeah? So they can't do it themselves. They, 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 they find the specialist, they get people from the outside, yeah. and then they just get stuffed with things that they actually don't want. They couldn't take the decision. So um, in one of my projects, I, I, I ran into the same issue and it wasn't even actually my role to run that change. I was actually busy with something else, but I noticed it, I felt it. Uh, even if I wasn't looking, I just felt it. something was not, it just didn't gel. <laughs> it just it didn't gel. And when we started looking deeper, we actually started seeing, okay, maybe there are gaps. Yeah. Um, I heard they were hiring people and it was difficult to hire people. They were taking people from other teams who were specialists, giving them promotion, which is good, by the way, because it's really good that someone starts somewhere and they can get a promotion within the organization. But if you then push them into an organization which is not organized, which has major issues, not just because they don't have enough resources, but just because the structure is wrong, yeah, you're going to lose them. At the end of the day, you're going to lose them. And that's something you you want to avoid. When you when you, I think I think just you know if if you go back to the old or say the old sort of fashioned you know thing, I don't, um, just look just loosely think. I know we talked about models earlier, but let's just just quickly. You know, if you think about you know Pete Drucker's old model of sort of you know strategy, culture, and leadership. Just okay, you know what what's what's the plan? What what's the thing we're trying to do here? You know, we've got to lead that plan. Yes, you've got to lead the business, but we also need to create a culture where people you know, can flourish, right? Okay, very yeah. basic stuff. But within those resources, you know, the culture piece, I think the, the leadership and the, and the culture piece at the bottom is, is mm -hmm. clear because often people, they can do their job, but they do need to be in the right job. They need they do need to know what they're doing and why they're doing it. Most people want accountability and responsibility. They're, you know, they're happy to be held accountable, mm -hmm. which I genuinely don't think businesses do enough of. You know, I mean, whether you want to call it performance management or whatever, I don't think we do enough of that stuff. But when you've got a poor culture, maybe a culture that sort of, you know, drowns their energy. I don't really know why I'm doing it. I'm just I'm overwhelmed. I'm just given stuff to do. Mm -hmm. Then it doesn't matter how good you are at your role because you're not doing it anyway. Or you're, sure. you know, you're um, you, you're kind of lost. So I think when you if you look at that clarity, I need to know what you want me to do and why to do it. And then if there's the trust in there, the if, I, if, the, if the culture enables trust, I can mm -hmm. say to you, I think I'm good at this. I think I'm not good at that. I think, you know, I've got the energy for this, which is a different one. Good but one. actually, I haven't got the energy for it. And yeah. therefore, because I haven't got the energy, like if you say to me, um, hey, you know, can you mow the lawn? You know, can you do the gardening? Oh, God, you know, I just don't have the energy for it. Some people love it. I don't. Yeah. I can do it, but it won't be at the top of my list. And I'll do lots of exactly. other things that maybe don't need doing, 
exactly. before I kind of get to this other thing. So it's quite a complex topic, I think. Am I motivated to do it? Do I need to know what I'm doing, why I'm doing it? Do I want to do it? And when you get those things together, if it's meaningful and I know why, and it fits my motivation as well as my skill set, hey, we're up and running. Yeah. Um, so resourcing is quite complex, I think, as I say, because motivation or energy is, yeah. is an important key. Yeah, no, I, I agree fully. I agree fully. And uh, what, what, you, what you see in, in, in most of those journeys, uh, I had a journey years ago where I was working for an international company and we had to do the same thing. Uh, again, the roles responsibilities were, were, were a bit of a clutter. Uh, they were there. Yeah, we had specialists, but specialists thought that they could do that. They were doing actually the pre-sales, and the pre-sales was, as they say, we're doing post-sales work, and we need to hand it over. Um, but ultimately, what we found out is that if you would have listened to the <laughs> emotional, the emotional badger, we would actually create a situation where people will be doing what they would like to do, but predominantly we were not doing what we had to do to make the organization successful. Uh, so you need a bit of a reset, and a reset can be done in 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 a lot of ways. Uh, we used in the past the the Raki model or the Ruski model, yeah, depending yeah. on how deep you want to go. Um, for the people who don't know what it is, uh, Raki is responsible, accountable, consultative, informative, and if you do the Ruski, there's a supportive element uh, in between. So it depends on how far you want to go, and it it looks like a a, a stupid exposition to define on all levels on your within your whole process where those responsibilities lie but actually it is not because when you start doing that you start seeing gaps wait a minute these people should be responsible yeah. they can't be responsible and why is no one responsible for this part who's accountable for it and why don't we have handovers in the process because we want uh, the, the the team who is doing the service on day one of go live, they need to serve the client, but yeah, we're not handing over anything. So they're not confident. And those things you want to get, get on the table. So um, I agree with you. Why do you start a change if you don't have the resources? But I think it's a level even before. Right. Because if you generally, and I'm sure what your experience is, but when I get into my change projects, I hear the emotional side of the hearsay at the coffee machine or the water cooler, which came from second or third line. And that's an emotion. And some people trigger on emotion, on that emotion, and then go full off on it. But if you look actually at the facts on how you have structured your organization or yeah. haven't structured, and again, it doesn't matter if your organization is not structured. It doesn't matter. If you're a startup, Everyone does everything. But when you grow to a certain level, you need to start building that structure to make sure that you understand the gaps and fill them correct. And I think that the ranking model, Ruskin model is, is a great way to, to kickstart your initial thinking and then define if you actually have a change in front of you. Because coming in, I need to change, but I don't have resources. Come on, let's go and do it. Damn. But, you, but when you start, I think sometimes if, if people looked at the front and said, what are we, and if they really understood the change first, so, you know, what are we changing from and to, mm -hmm. why are we doing it, what's the value, or even did a basic, you know, uh, I suppose a sort of basic diagnostic, if you like, I said, where are we going to get most value for money here? Exactly. Where do we need to focus our attention? And actually, what do we not need to focus our attention on? And just spent a little bit up little bit more up front first you would save so much more time later because people sometimes people think you know they have to do something 
but actually you don't or you think you have to do it very well and i'm just making you know a ballpark figure is okay an approximate for some things is yeah. fine other yeah. things it isn't but you've got to kind of i think be very clear on that we're doing we, you know this is why we're doing it this is why it matters this is how it's going to help us this 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 um okay now given that what's our constraints or what's our and also what are our resources you know who wants to do this who's got some skills who 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 all these things and we often get i see a situation where somebody with the all right come on let's say it right a whole if you ask a whole bunch of blokes they'll go oh yeah i can do that it's easy i can do that and if you look and you think you're under skilled under um under resourced but you know it's the ego kind of talking Mm-hmm. And I give us, you know, and, you know, a lot of ladies will look at something and say, you know, I'm being, you know, if you like, let's be sexist, we'll say, no, I can't do that. I'm not skilled. But if you actually look at it, you go, but you're way more skilled. You just don't bullshit like some of these guys. So I wish sometimes we took the bullshit element out and said, actually, who is better capable? Yeah. Who could run this? Uh, take the ego out and and just and go from, you know, and spend a bit of time because I'm I was at a client a while ago, and this is—I was shocked. True story. We had a—we had a joke, and I—I I was just teasing, and I said, "We're going to ask about some of your knowledge and experience, and so on." And I would like you to stop. That I'd like you to cut the crap. Can I say that? that yeah. Right? yeah, bullshit bingo. Be, be, yeah, bullshit because bingo a lot of guys—they've and I said they've got their information from reading FHM magazine or something, right? So mm-hmm. that I want—you know—it's a bit like reading Wikipedia. It may be right, it may not be right. We need who's got the course? I know. And we had this conversation, and this is absolutely true. And I said, because when I do this, one day I'm going to find somebody who's been to astronaut training school, and the business won't know. I promise you. And a lady put her hand up and said, "I haven't been there, but I did go to college, and we did study this." I went, "Wow!" Right. Yeah. So there's a skill or a knowledge. Yeah. We may or may not need it, but it is available to you. But you haven't documented that anyway. You haven't. Okay. Uh, you know, and people went, yeah. "Wow! What else don't we know about you? What else?" Yeah. And I think you've got to have those conversations, but they take time. I think you're putting a valid point in there, because if you look at, at, at designing how your organizations work, you, talk, you look at the roles and responsibilities you need for specific roles. Uh, and and takeaway for me is, are we asking the right questions to understand what do we actually have? Huh? We hire someone because they tell us they are expert or they had a previous role, but we all know that every CV, 90% of the CVs are a total of bullshit, actually. Yeah, they yeah. yeah they're yeah, fake. Yeah. They're fake. Yeah, everyone was a leader. Everyone was a manager. Uh, yes. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and that's normal. That's normal. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't even mean that they are fake. It, it could also mean that the perception was there. Yeah, perception was there. I was leading a, l- a large team, so I am... Yeah. And that happens. That happens. Um but when you start asking the questions, really asking the questions and getting to know people, you will start figuring out, hey, wait a minute. They have more behind them. They have more experience. How can we utilize that experience? It doesn't matter if it's someone in leadership or someone operational. Um, yeah. um, it could even be someone in customer services. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because those are uh, uh, the, one of the most important people within the organization because they keep your customers happy um, and you need to be educated to really do that, do a real good job. Um, but it could be anywhere within the organization where you will find those people uh, to, to help you get the, the stuff over the finish line. But just, still, there's just, always uh, a challenge here. The, the, no, no, no. It's just... Uh, I just quickly just got just quickly you just you know you just said about customer service just a quick one on that um i work with a, oh, a company who's a um 
it was it's actually it was part of Audi. It was like a sales group, yeah. you know, car sales group, whatever they're called, dealerships. And um, we put together uh, a performance improvement group, which we did change because performance improvement became the pigs. And so we had to change that. We called it business improvement group, BIG. Anyway, yeah. but um, we and we did we had some senior people right the way through to, um, you know, salesmen and, and this yeah. this guy, Peter, and his, it was P-I-O-T-R, which I guess so he might have been Eastern European, Piotr, Peter. Yeah. Uh, and we were chatting about a whole bunch of stuff. And he basically said, I clean cars. That puts me in a perfect position with my two ears to listen to what customers say. He said, if you ask me, I can tell you when, you know, about Mrs. Smith, what she's saying about her car, Mr. Jones, about what he's saying about the service, when he's thinking of changing it. I can actually say to you, you know, this guy said he was going to change his car, but he didn't like the way he was treated. He's going to another garage. Or I could share that information because people talk like they think I'm invisible. I'm a car cleaner. I'm a, yeah. a valeter. They think I'm invisible, you know, and they, they think I'm foreign. They think I can't. Mm -hmm. But I could share all that. Yeah. yeah. And it was really interesting to hear, you know, to hear these sales guys go, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the big I am. And you think well, the guy's offering you insight. Correct. Wouldn't you want to tap into yeah. that? Wouldn't yeah. you want to know if Mrs. Miggins was going to change that or whatever, you know, whoever it is, yeah. the client? I thought it was fascinating. That's but indeed fascinating. And it happens a lot. Eh? We are we are looking at people who are vocal. And the people who are vocal are the people who um, we think we need to listen to. And of course, we need to listen to them because if they're vocal, they're the first ones who, who dare to say <laughs> something. But it's my major concern is going to be for the people who are not vocal and can actually give you the right information. Uh, uh, if you look at roles and responsibilities, what is your role and responsibility? Well, someone who's vocal and extrovert, a bit like, like us, um, can go full on into, okay, but hey, my role is, I see that bigger than, than it actually is, or I do more than maybe I actually am doing, yes. um, or I need to do, or actually need to do. I'm not saying that people are not doing their job or not doing extra, but when you listen to people who are more introvert, they will tell you, more in a neutral way, because there's a fear, of course. Uh, of course, not of course, it's stupid, actually. <laughs> it's not a fear. But as that they will tell you in a more neutral way um, what they're actually doing on a day-to-day -day basis and why they get stuck or why they not get stuck. And that's what you want to get on the table. You want to hear your people telling you, this is what we do every day. This is the things that are not working. We have been telling you, we haven't told you. These are not working and we need a solution for X, Y, Z. Because those are your quick wins. If you can fix them, you have a quick win. But this also will show you where you have gaps in the organization. And one of my concerns generally is that we are resourcing. We are resourcing on, on, on spots where we hear the most noise. So anything with customer engagement, a customer is complaining because they're not getting the support they expect. And the first thing we say, we don't have resources. And when you ask what we need, we need 10 people. And why? Because the customer is complaining. Give me some data. Because one, is the customer complaint valid? Two, was that actually the priority? Three, are we uh, trying to um, extinguish symptoms? and not touching the core of the problem and what is actually the core of the problem uh, and getting to the core of the problem that's 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 often what is missing yes that's you, really uh, often what's missing and that, that that's something um 
No, I just always get it's, flabbergasted about. It, it's so true. And people go, I need more people. And you think, but yes, but need more people to do what? And actually, where are we going to deploy these people? You know, as you just said, because if it's, you know, uh, everybody's complaining about this batch of equipment that doesn't work. Okay. In which case, is it the batch of equipment that's faulty? You know, whatever it is. Is it the product that's faulty? In which case it goes back. Is it manufacturer or design? I don't know. It's, mm -hmm. It isn't, you know, yes, we need to deal with the customers, but actually that's not where we need to, you know, we, we need to resource. And, just a point about the squeaky wheel. Often we pay attention to either the, the thing that we like to, mm -hmm. right? Because that's that's what our attention's on. That That's what gives us satisfaction. Or as you pointed out, the, the loudest wheel, you know, the squeakiest yeah. wheel, the, yeah. the loudest thing. But if you can take some of that emotion out of it, and if you were, for example, to, if you were to say to a, you know, a, a cross-section of people, and you can go to customers and clients as well, but a cross-section of your staff and say, you know, on this project, what is it? What is it within this project that might slow us down? What's the what's the hits and hurdles? But gather all that information collectively, individually, but collectively. As I ask you individually, because mm -hmm. what I don't want is um, you just saying what everybody else says. I gather that information together and then better make sense of it. And so, like, I interviewed these people. We looked at it, and this is what they said needed attention. Not it wasn't like an emotional response because we've been through it. But if I've interviewed 20 people and 16 say this needs attention, mm -hmm. and by the way, they can all back it up with data because, for example, we'd like softer loo roll or more expensive coffee. Sure, probably not going to really derail the project, mm -hmm. but you know, and they've said this, and we've got some metrics around it. Now you know what to pay attention to and sure. why to, and then you can resource it better rather than either, you know putting a finger in the air or guessing or just paying attention. And I do think a lot of management today, a bit harsh perhaps, but they don't want to do the the dirty work. I mean, the the what needs attention work. And so, and we miss it, you know, just because yeah. you don't fancy doing it. Um, do you remember years ago when we used to do things like get in cars and drive around and knock on doors or you, you did what you needed to do? And now we kind of think, well, we'll do an email campaign. But, you know, sometimes you've got to get in a car and go and see somebody and people sure. don't seem to. Anyway, my, my point here is do what needs doing. But it might be that you have to do some research first to find out what needs attention and also what doesn't need attention. So don't pay more. I'm not asking you to do more hours. I'm just saying this isn't very efficient. And, and this is. And we did some work a while ago with um, HSBC. I don't know if you've done it called Role Excellence. No. Right, role excellence is really simple. Go to the business and say, of the people you know, who is really good at this role? Okay. okay. And then you ask that person or those people questions, and also you study them because also great people don't always know why they do it well. Mm -hmm. And then you work out what these half dozen people have in common. Say it's the sales role; it doesn't matter. And then you can go to other salespeople and say, "We did a study of your business. We're not we're not as consultants saying here's our top five top tips." Well, right. yeah. This is what the, peop the people who you said were best at their job, this is what they do. And some of That's it might be one. surprising. That's a good one. Right? But some of one. it might be. And what you might also notice is um, you might go to the great, you know, the, the greatest person. So, okay, so you do you send emails? And that person might say, yeah, I do 10 minutes a day. And you might go to somebody who's not so good and they say, oh, I do three hours. And then you go back to the other person. How many meetings do you have a week? Well, I probably do 15 personal meetings a week you go to the other person oh, i do three so it's not they're not doing it it's a different order it's sure. a different priority and that's what i'm trying sure. to kind of get across to sure. but there are metrics there are ways of finding that out and i think um, 
to, to, to back to your point about roles and responsibilities, what I think it does is it encourages people to focus on what needs doing and not just panic saying, I haven't got enough time. You have, you're doing the wrong thing. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's prioritization. In any case, that's sometimes, sometimes you don't have to do things, but if you do other things, you, it, it automatically solves itself. <laughs> no, 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 actually, and that's a really good point. If you, you know, if collectively, if a bunch of people are doing sort of some similar things well, isn't it amazing how it takes out some of the stuff? Oh, you know, like email, oh, we, you know, we send, um, we're sending too many emails around stuff. Okay, we'll have some good quality conversations here or be clearer on what people are supposed to be doing and why they're doing it up front. Exactly. So you don't get all these emails. Exactly, exactly, oh, no. exactly. Common sense yeah. in, in many yeah, ways. Common sense. I, I, want, I wanted to ask you just a bit about, um, you know, we were talking about clarity earlier. Mm -hmm. Do you think managers today have the ability to be clear? I think that's a really difficult question in the times we're, uh, we're working in and times we are the times we are in now because things change really fast um if i look at the corporate clients i'm working for uh, lately uh, i see that it's quite difficult for them to understand what the actual priorities are themselves they have their kpis they have their targets they know what what to do in general but they don't take the time to look at the longer term so for instance if you look at at, at, at general leadership i always say Spend 10, 50% of your time, just walk away from your desk, go and sit in your car, go and walk outside, but spend 10, 15 minutes a day to review if all the activities you or your team are doing are benefiting the long term. And if there are new, new uh, things popping up, take them to an account to see if you have to adjust it. It's just 15 minutes. Yeah, just go for a walk. It's good for you. You get some uh, some steps uh, outside. Uh, my advice is do 10,000 steps a day during your work. I do the same thing. I do 10,000 steps. Every call I have, I do a walking meeting. Uh, you see, now I'm also standing in my son's yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so always that. But the, the thing is that we don't take the time to reflect on where we are going. We are continuously busy from eight o'clock in the morning. Some, some managers start at seven o'clock in the morning. Then they work for a company who has different time zones. Uh, if mm. you work with the US and India, you can start early, you, you stop late. And at the end of the day, you go back to your family, you sit at the table, you're brain dead. And you just lose control. Yeah? You just lose control. So do I, do I think it's difficult for, for most managers? I think the, if you look at the workshops we have been doing and we are doing for organizations around leadership, the main thing we focus on is, 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 is mental health. Mm. Of course, we talk about leadership and we train them into how to coach the people. We listen in, we, we, we get their feedback. But one of the main things we focus on is how do you organize yourself, leading self. Uh, leading self is really important. You, you know my tattoo. It's uh, Ikigai for the people who haven't seen it online. I can't show it here. It's here somewhere. It doesn't yeah. matter. Look on one of my posts. But the first thing you need to do is lead yourself. If you start leading yourself, you will know if you apply the same model on your targets and your, your efforts you need to do as an organization, you know how to prioritize the things which are really important. That's the first thing. Because if you cannot tell and your team members what is really important what do you expect them to do it's a cascade eh? 
that's one cascade. The second thing is, um, and that influences the, the, the leadership, is that they generally should have all the information. But I'm starting to notice that we are in so we're running so fast that not all information is cascaded down. <laughs> you know the ivory tower? The one where the beautiful princess is in? Well, generally, it's an old guy <laughs> with a beard and uh, <laughs> not so handsome. Uh, probably. Yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The same here, yeah. <laughs> probably half an alcoholic because he's trying to, to keep an organization running. I'm just joking, guys. But uh, that ivory tower should not exist anymore. I think a lot of larger organizations have a nice cascading of goals, top down and bottom up. They're really nice principles uh, to do that. But goals are generally not your day-to-day. -day. Goals are focused on the future. But we tend not to review our goals. Yeah, once in the three months when we have to do a performance yeah, review. Yeah. And in between, we don't do anything. We're focused on the day-to-day. -day. We, we lose track on where we need to go. We're just focusing on escalation. A lot of managers are just escalation-based. They're helping the team. They're trying to avoid the escalation. They're trying to solve things for them, often not even letting them solve it or giving them the tips, but then jumping into the work and actually solving it themselves. If they, what do you need to be successful? I need more resources. Who do you need to be successful? Let's go and have a, see how we can get it organized for you. I will facilitate the conversation, but you need to take ownership. But the moment you delegate that stuff, you'll have more time doing other stuff, like looking at, where do I need to go? Because here are my gaps. Your people are telling you where the gaps are. But if you don't consume that and then build a business case, you will never fill those gaps. So on your question, do, you, do I feel that leadership um, is in control and is working on the future of the organization? I think when it's in top leadership, yes. But the moment you get on operational leadership, Often, it's far from where it should be. No, I mean, just, just a quick, and, I'm, I'm, and I, this was one I won't name names, but I'm working with a very big company now on, you know, basically, you know, on, on I mean, I suppose, you know, developing their future, modernizing, whatever words mm -hmm. you, you want to use. And there's a whole bunch of people that, you know, have the title leaders. They really shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's because they don't lead anything. I mean, it best them managers when I say so how much time a week do you spend leading thinking about the future the strategy oh none you know I'm far too busy then you're not leading you're not a you're leader not don't you don't call yourself leader you know because actually it's 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 it, it's misinformation and it's not helpful you know I want to see yeah. people like you said you know take taking time out and there's a great guy you know Shane McConnell I mean he's he I think he talks about 40 if you're a leader 40 percent of your week should be yeah, actually leading it's in your title lead so lead yeah you know um and, and it seems but you know get your head up and actually right. kind of see where we're going and that one of the best examples i've got as a leader would be a guy i worked with at lockton insurance company some years ago julian james mm -hmm. who spent a lot of time leading if you said to me i said what are you doing today you know like almost flippantly and he said look yeah. i've got 600 brilliant people to look after you know it's about the strategy the vision <clears throat> creating the environment for them to succeed but he would often hot desk you know i'm listening i'm, I'm available I'm, I'm out in the business yeah. then you see him on tv you'd see him in the financial times you'd see him he's leading the business of course he can right. do the you know the, but that's not what the 600 people need 
So I think I'm just going to, you know, that, that's hiring, that look, stuff. The point is you're hiring the people because they are expert or experts to be to do the job. Your job is to make sure that they can become the expert and that they can live upon the aspirations they have, the aspirations of the organization. Your job is not doing their job. Uh, uh, if uh, I'm so, working uh, as a yeah, program don't, manager, don't yeah. if I work as a program manager, I need to organize my resource. I will, ask my, I will ask the leader, okay, guys, I need resource. Who are the best people there? I'm not asking them to jump in and say, I'm going to organize. Okay, now you have four resources. Yeah, but I don't want them. They're idiots. <laughs> that wasn't what I asked. I want to ask you, I need them. What is the best way of doing that? And when you start saying, okay, my advice doing that, that, and that, and talk to him, him, and him. And if you can't make it, I'm happy to join you. That's a different way of doing things, but then you give them ownership and control. Uh, so there's a, a, a leading or doing, and you're right. Um, I was careful with my 10% of looking at strategy. It's, it's actually more, much more, but I'm, I'm trying to be careful uh, based on the project, <laughs> few projects I'm doing now. <laughs> so just, can I just say, just like, you know, just about, you know, um, you know, I think for almost like leaders to encourage others to to solve problems or to kind of find their own resources or you know create their own network because I think that was important. But can I just say if anybody's you know listening, one of the I think one of the best value ways of kind of creating a culture where people's almost self-resource mm -hmm. is I don't know if you if you use them, but action learning sets, you know, action learning, put five or six people together, they get together every, I don't know, maybe six weeks, and they kind of coach each other you know what's going on for you where are you stuck and then the other four or five coach them don't yeah. be from the same team ideally maybe not even the same department have you know people from different departments across the business because yeah. they might actually have a view of it i didn't know you were doing that actually i'm trying to work on that too we can work on it together whatever it is yeah. but also they get coaching from peers you know challenges so you start it to works. increase yeah you start to increase the if you like the ownership stuff not because they're being told yeah. to because they're setting or raising their own standards and i just think it's amazing how much how many issues or challenges or problems or opportunities that people in the business can if, exploit if yeah. you sort of let them get on with it and say i'll trust yeah. you you know i'm yeah. going to give you i'm going to give you this space to work in yeah. right? i'm not going to can't give you uh, you know can't give you complete freedom but i give you a big chunk of freedom so why don't you every six weeks get a facilitator in have some you know have, say have some action learning sets mm. come back with you know because then we're developing leadership skills we're developing relationships we're developing yeah. challenging conversations where you know developing the network well isn't that what most people want yeah so it, it can be done and, and yeah. i reckon that what, what's a decent yeah. you know als session three hours three hours every six weeks you, you can find that yeah yeah well yeah some 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 say not but you should be able to find that <laughs> hey back to roles responsibilities right? yes. i think we need to conclude because otherwise okay. people get bored with us yes uh, the two bold guys so <laughs> <laughs> actually we do look like two two i was just thinking we should do a little caricature of like two eggs in an egg box exactly we were with a little beard and a little uh, blonde beard, uh, yeah. black beard, uh, both bald. Yeah, it's mine's, actually, uh... mine's white. Look at that, and that's coming through. Yeah, mine, mine is. Oh, you've got white. a little bit. <laughs> right, come on, conclude before people get bored. <laughs> so, uh, a bit of a conclusion. If 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 you look, if we look back, if we look back at our conversation, what are the key takeaways you want to share with people? So I want the, the takeaways. Be clear where you're going. 
you know, or have a consensus with people. This is where we're going. Help us develop a view of the future. Be really clear where you are. Then you can plan how to get from here to there. But encourage people in the business to have a say in that because often they will kind of self-resource. So they'll put that, I want that role. Here's why I want it. You know, it's kind of have those conversations. Yeah. So be really clear. Yes, I know, you know, I'm purpose-led, so I'm always going to have your head up. But create a <laughs> culture where you elevate people's thinking and behaviours so they know what they're doing and why they're doing it. And often they'll find a way through. They don't have to be perfectly resourced, but they do, I think, have to be reasonably resourced. And that will make a massive difference. Then ask them what holes need filling. And, and But with the data, we just said, you know, so what's likely to hold this project back? and apply that information to the conversations and decisions you make rather than the emotional, I want more staff. You know, I want <laughs> yeah. more hours. Yeah. No, you know, or I want an 11% pay rise. Great. That's not going to get yeah. your job done better. Exactly. And you'll forget your pay rise within a week. Not even yeah, within yeah, a day. Yeah. <laughs> you, you already spent it before you got it. So uh, that's a cool one. All right. I want to conclude this, uh, this, uh, this session. Um, I think you shared actually the best, uh, the best points uh, of our conversation. So for the people who are listening, feel free to contact us. We are here uh, to help you guys out. <laughs> we are having buddy talks because we just enjoy talking to each other. Uh, we enjoy each other's company, but we also enjoy sharing uh, more information with, uh, with the people in our network. Uh, if you want to know more, I'm going to leave some links and all that stuff uh, somewhere down there. Um, PJ, as always, amazing, amazing chat. <laughs> Peace, bro. <Yeah. laughs>